Greetings and welcome to this week's podcast. My name is Marlene Ellis, the Hattrick copywriter. And well, I was going to discuss the British process for selecting Supreme Court judges this week in light of Katanji Brown Jackson's nomination hearings last week. Her confirmation is due on the 4th of April of this year. And you might want to know that there were two vacancies for the United Kingdom Supreme Court quietly announced in February of this year and applications closed earlier this month. That's because Lord Lloyd-Jones, heard of him? Retired on the 13th of January, 2022. And Lady Arden, heard of her? Retired on the 24th of January this year. So there are set retirement ages in this country. It's 75 years for the Court of Appeal and Supreme Court judges, and it's 70 years for all other judges in the United Kingdom. That's probably a better idea than the lifelong seating in America. But obviously, there's much to say about the lack of transparency. However, I changed my mind. We're not going to discuss that. Given last night's event at the Oscars where we saw Will Smith publicly hit Chris Rock, I found myself, like many of you, absorbed by a whole range of reasons around this. Um, You know, thinking of the gender, masculinity and race stuff. So let's get into it. So the Red Table, first of all, the Red Table is well known as a platform created by Jada Pinkett Smith, Will's wife, for having a different sort of conversation on Facebook with the public at large and in the main has been highly successful, not just in my view, but in 2021, it won a Daytime Emmy Award for being the most informative talk show. I do like it for its structure as an intergenerational female grandmother, mother and daughter discussion. I don't watch it a lot, but I've really enjoyed some of their engagements. We also know that a lot of personal stuff has come out about the marriage between Will and Jada. From the outset, let me say, I don't have a position about their marriage being open or closed. I am interested insofar as they may be offering alternative ways in which marriages may or may not work, but that's it. If it works for them, good luck to them. A particular more recent issue has been about Jada now bored and suffering from alopecia. She's described this experience as pretty traumatic and I can relate to that having had an experience myself of losing my hair. I felt awful. I really felt stripped of my sexuality and power. I didn't even know I had that power as a woman until I lost my hair. So I I did adjust, but at the time it was devastating. So when Chris Rock made a joke about Jada's lack of hair, associating it with an old film where a female character defeminizes herself in order to become an accepted Navy SEAL called G.I. Jane, Was it so cruel to be worthy of Will Smith going up to Chris Rock in full public international view to punch or slap him? Most people, like I, initially thought this was some sort of joke coming from two highly successful comedians. It was only when Will Smith went back to his table and shouted, keep my wife out of your fucking mouth, I think he said it twice, that it became clear that the man was properly very, very angry. The incident raises so many issues, but first I'll admit my first response was shock and annoyance. Annoyance at the lost opportunity of this Oscar night being a celebration of black men and women, 
from Mr. Williams to Chris Rock to Will himself, not to mention the minor success of the Williams sisters, tennis players. That's what we should have been talking about this morning. But all of that, the most important stuff, is shelved while we disentangle what happened between Will and Chris Rock. Alopecia. I agree that nobody should ridicule illnesses, diseases, infections. Of course not, I get it. We didn't like it when Donald Trump ridiculed people with disabilities, so why should this be any different? Well, because Jada has her own platform and is perfectly capable of rebutting that joke in a powerful way at her own red table. And probably she has other avenues as well, I don't doubt. She seemed to handle it well in the moment even if she didn't laugh, that's fine. But in my view, she should be more than capable of doing so. To be honest, when you think of the heroic character of the Navy SEAL G.I. Jane, sorry, I haven't seen the film, but I mean, the title presumably speaks for itself. I'm not sure that there's a real insult here. Isn't she portrayed as brave and equal to her male peers? Just think of the character also, that Jada Pinkett Smith played as Fish Mooney in Gotham. Both were powerful female characters, albeit the black Fish Mooney is a baddie and presumably the white G.I. Jane is a goodie. So they both defy traditional heteronormative roles. They're breaking the mold and expectations of what we think a woman should be, even if they're not good female alternatives in and of itself. What is the insult about exactly then? That Jada doesn't look feminine enough? Would anyone say that of her now sporting a bald head, honestly? Wouldn't the general view be that she's looking like a pretty stunning 50 year old? Not everyone can rock a bald look, but I think we can accept that she can, right? So what is this all about? On the question of hair, it has always been a complicated subject for black women as well as for women in general. There's no doubt that we as black women are heavily measured by the style, texture and color of our hair. The pressure on black women to straighten our hair goes far back. Stories of mothers burning and pulling the daughter's natty hair run very deep. Notions of good hair and bad hair still hold currency. If it's Really tight and curly, black hair is perceived as bad hair, if measured by standards of whiteness. That's why when women walk around with dreadlocks or a bald head, it can represent defiance and danger. Why? Because white women struggle to appropriate those images in the way other bits of black culture can be. Needless to say, locks and a bald head are frequently judged to be insufficiently feminine and the antithesis to long blonde hair for example now let's get back to will he says he hit chris rock in defense of his wife but in defense of what her hair her femininity she didn't seem to be at risk of a physical attack in any shape or form she looked like she was sitting a long way away from chris rock Yet, Will Smith defended her with physical violence. Why? Perhaps he felt it was her honour he had to protect. But what would that honour be exactly? Imagine. This was the biggest moment in his career. The favourite to receive an Oscar for playing the father of both Serena and Venus Williams as King Richard. And he, at this very moment, is angry because his wife has been the subject of a joke about hair. 
I've no idea whether Chris Rock knew about her alopecia or not, but still, I think his actions say something much more about his own masculinity. This public act of implosion that calls him to undermine another black man in such a humiliating way suggests there is something more going on. Okay, there is some history between them that involved Chris Rock uh, failing to boycott the Oscars for its poor black representation, as the Smiths had asked him to do a couple of years back. Would that explain it? I don't think so, because Will Smith was there precisely because the Oscars had presumably responded to the bad publicity and was why Smith had returned. So why now step on your own moment? The aggression on Will Smith's part suggests a lot more about the vulnerability he's feeling about himself as a man. His slap or punch suggests he's desperate to assert his masculinity, so desperate that he acts in a disproportionate way. In many ways, it's an insult to suggest Jada needs this physical attack as a form of protection. It's actually an insult to many women. Most women should be all women. You know, the only time you need that protection is when you're in fear of physical violence. Because it suggests that she's somehow so weak. Does he really believe women want that and that's what makes him a real man? Really? Surely we want to tell our sons and nephews and friends and grandchildren to control their emotions and not to find some cognitive dissonance between their heads and their hearts. For example, we need them to know that they can't afford to react too emotionally when they're stopped by police. We're not going to tell our boys now to watch Will Smith, what he did last night, and do it just like that. No way. Is this not more deeply about the public knowledge of his wife's affairs? He's had affairs too, but perhaps it's not a defeminization that is hurting him so much as it is his emasculation. Maybe the role of protecting a woman, a responsibility that he claims he wants, cannot be reconciled with letting other men sleep with his wife. Perhaps he's been challenged um, in that way by male peers. You know, you can imagine the cruelty of some men. Hey, Will, I feel I might sleep with your wife tonight. Is she free? I mean, it's pure speculation on my part, but you've probably got to be pretty special to not only have an open marriage, but to have a very public one too. When he shouts to Chris Rock from the back of the auditorium that he must take his wife out of his fucking mouth, perhaps fucking has a deeper meaning and the struggles he is having over their open marriage. Perhaps that's what's really going on here. I mean, he shouts to Chris Rock with patronage as if he's a talking to a boy. Sorry, but Will sounded like a bully. What's sad in this is even in this moment of reaching the pinnacle of his career, he's unable to placate a vulnerable masculinity. In that fatal moment, the image of Will Smith as the epitome of decency is substantially reduced so that even when he collects his Oscar award, he's already kind of lost it. In fairness to Will, he did apologize when he collected his Oscar, though not directly to Chris Rock. He even said he hoped he would be invited back. Imagine, from having the power to influence black representation at this dwindling event, Will has almost single-handedly improved their ratings while managing to diminish himself at the same time. 
Looks like the Oscars are the only real winners here. Finally, credit Chris Rock for his sterling professionalism. The slap didn't appear to unbalance him. He seemed to recover very well and carry on in his authenticity. I'm not sure if someone had slapped Will Smith in the same public way that he would have been able to have exercised the same level of restraint. Honestly, I think my initial thoughts are Will Smith lost his Oscar last night just before he won it. And there are going to be many arguing that the Oscars are truly black now because of what happened, as if blackness should be associated with violence. Please don't allow that. There's plenty of violence in this world that has nothing to do with us as a black people. It's also the reason why we should not look to celebrities for black leadership. In the end, they are just people with flaws like you and I. Brothers, I will say this, regardless of who you are, whether you're a celebrity or ordinary person on the street, know this, you do not have to punch somebody on behalf of your woman to prove that you are a man, and nor should a woman want you to do it, unless you're in direct physical danger or she is in direct physical danger. There is no need to resort to violence. So that's my podcast for this week. Maybe next week I will return back to the Supreme Court judges um, in Britain to see what that process is like, to contrast it with America, to demand there be more transparency for people that have such important roles that preside over us and the public are just completely left out of an awareness of who they are. I think You know, transparency is an absolute crucial thing we ought to be pushing in the British judicial system. So I perhaps will return to that next week. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. The positive response that I'm getting is really encouraging. And so I'll see you again next week. Have a great week, everybody. Bye bye.